listeners, it's Wednesday, and that means that you are listening to Spoiler Alert. I am, of course, joined via Zoom teleconference by Sean and Sonia. Hello, folks. How are you today? Hi, Jeremy. Hi. How are you? Uh, we're, I'm good. Uh, there, There is something that has come to light in the past little while here that uh, I think that we should at least bring up. Um, and that it's is time, that it's, it's time our... for us to face the allegations, Jer. <laughs> okay, well then, that's not where <laughs> are we finally that's canceled? Not where I was going with that, but we're canceled. <laughs> we're not canceled. It's our four-year anniversary oh, together. Oh wow. my god! Yeah, four glorious years. Who knows who's winning the game? Right? Like I don't even I don't even know. At I'm some sure, point, I'm sure I'm winning the game. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all know it's Sean. <laughs> but by how much? If we have a super fan who's keeping tally, that would be great. Someday, maybe I'll scrub through and we'll figure out who. We'll uh, have a winner by the end of the show. I that think is such an undertaking. Thing. That I is. Believe, it should be okay. I can't believe four short years ago we had different color hair. We didn't know that the pandemic was two years in the making. Mm-hmm. Coming down the pipe. We were just meeting mm-hmm. at Atlantis, having coffee. Now that doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, how do you guys feel about being uh, one of my m- most long-standing relationships in my life, other than my cat? Um, oh, your I parents mean, too. I mean, you count yeah. them? <laughs> parents and friends, not with other f- kinds of friends, notwithstanding. Uh, odd, you know, eerily appropriate, uh, as it feels like it's maybe been a year. I would say it's been a year since we started doing. Like, if you had asked me, and I just reacted and not thought about time. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. We're all just at this point too used to each other to think of a time before we had the show, I think. And we've actually talked about this many a time, but, uh, it's hard to tell time when we don't regularly meet to do yeah. the show. Uh, and I don't know why that's the thing I use to regulate my body <laughs> per week, but that's what I do. Apparently. Ever heard of Metamucil? <laughs> no. No, I have not. <laughs> Gotta get some fiber, Jer. <laughs> I'm getting it, getting it right now. <laughs> Jeremy's eating a <laughs> granola bar as we speak. Yeah, we're the all brand to your your ears. You, you you guys are my all brand, and I don't know any other way to communicate how I feel other than all brand. Apparently, beautiful. Yeah, I mean you're Thank a dad, you. so that feels appropriate. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, speaking anyway. Cereal. Okay, <laughs> uh, ch- let's cheerio to that topic and get back to the show here. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listeners, as you may or may not be aware, we've taken a brief hiatus from our normal proceedings to play a short game involving my imagined nonsense, and that has given us quite the backlog of things to talk about. Very much. So, in an effort, in an effort to combat this. The whole show today is going to be one little segment that we like to call What You're Watching. What You're Watching. You guys, what have you been watching? Well, it's been a month and a half, basically. So I've been watching a lot. (laughs) In that time, I've like moved apartments. We've entire things have happened before. Sean's leveled up. He's fully leveled up his life. Into Um, a deluxe apartment in the sky. Yeah. There's an apartment in the sky. Okay, so <laughs> a thing that a series that I watched, even though now it seems like an old hat, but um, I was very into it. It's called Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, for y'all that don't know, it's um, it's like kind of a psychological drama. I would say I don't know. It's a series, TV series about um, a group of soccer playing teenage girls. And they're off to nationals, and then, uh-oh, their plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness, and all of the adults are killed, but all of the teen girls are alive, and, like, another few. And then, um, and then they just, like, struggle to survive, and then it also is split with uh, the survivors as adults, as they're sort of dealing with their trauma, as there's also another... Some other mysteries are popping up at that time because someone's trying Ooh. to blackmail them. There's like uh, like Christina Ritchie, Melanie Linsky, Juliette Lewis, 
Tawny Cypress. There's so much 90s nostalgia just like in those actresses. It takes place in 1996, like the plane crash. So there's all this like 90s vibes. Um, Christina Ricci plays this very confusing, complicated character. And she's amazing. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Her name. What is her name? I forget. It's been so long. (laughs) But she... She's like kind of in the past, she's like a very dweeby girl. But then when they crash, she has these skill, like life skills that immediately make her like sort of the alpha of the group. Like she knows how to do medical things and it just changes the group dynamics so hard because then the team captain has very little life skills. And so she's like bottom of the totem pole. And uh, yeah, basically it's really great. I put it off for so nice. long because there, I was scared of gore. I thought there would be a lot. And there is a lot, actually. But uh, I don't know. I could deal with it. Uh, Sean, can I ask you a question about the show? It's a spoiler. Yes, question. please. Do they have to eat anybody? Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> you know that eventually there's another flash forward flashback. And they, you know that eventually they do get to this sort of cannibalistic um moment but as of the end of the first season they the they're not at that moment yet but oh, okay. it, it eventually mm-hmm. gets there because they're in the wilderness for like 19 months so wow. uh, but there's like i thought it was gonna be sort of a one and done season and there's like four seasons slated so there's oh. a lot oh my god what there's a lot of room that's a lot of yeah. people to eat that's a lot of yeah. people to eat and uh, it's uh, it is really funny because there's like you know, a whole team of girls and there's like, you know, six or seven that are the main ones. And then there's a, just a couple floaters that are always like doing laundry in the background. And I'm like, oh, you are so screwed. You are never getting out of this one. It's the opposite uh, of when a, a drag race queen tells her like trauma on screen. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, now I know it's too like much about you. She is not telling her trauma. Things. She is out of here. She's yeah. going to get gobbled up. Yeah. It's it's like the only way they can add more characters in the past is if they, you know, just have been there the whole time and we haven't seen them. Or, you know, there's another plane crash and uh, another group of young young women. Young young women also survive. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Pull a lost, basically. And have a new, <laughs> a new group of people introduced <laughs> randomly. And there a polar bear. And, of yeah, course, there we a polar go. bear. Sweet. Uh, Sanj, what have you been watching? Well, here's the thing, you guys. We were talking about this episode, and I was like, oh my god, I've watched so many things. And I have watched a lot of things. Um, but I feel like they really tell you a lot about my mental state <laughs> over the last couple months. Because oh, no. it's yeah. mostly garbage and comfort shows um, is most of it. But there are some things of note, and so I'll talk about some of those things. Um, Please do. One of them is a documentary. Well, I mean, it is technically a documentary, but I feel like that gives it some weight uh, that it perhaps doesn't deserve. Yeah. Um, And I think um, I was reading today that like 50 million people have watched it. It's on Netflix, and this is called The Tinder Swindler. Yeah, I watched it. And that's a good name. It's a great name. Um, Mm -hmm. that name is actually credited to some Norwegian journalists is my favorite part. Um, Norwegian investigative journalism plays a much bigger part in the story than I would have guessed when I first heard about it. I had no idea. Norway was so good with investigation. This is, uh, the story of Simon Leviev, who is, uh, an Israeli man who apparently for the last several years has been touring around the world um, swindling women via Tinder by um, passing himself off as a billionaire's son um, and sort of whisking women away on these, like, lavish vacations. And then after they've been dating for a little while, um, he will tell them that he's having some crisis and that his funds are frozen and that he needs money from them. Um, And spoiler alert, as it turns out, what he does is uses the previous women's money to seem rich and lavish and to then forge connections with 
the new women and it just becomes this endless cycle of Ponzi scheme um, where he's passing himself off as wealthy but is in fact just stealing from people but in such a way that they are kind of giving it to him willingly under false pretenses but like they're they're the ones kind of willingly giving him the money so it becomes legally a little bit complicated um Mm -hmm. but yeah just a a really wild story not what i expected like i actually thought it it got more like substantial and serious than i was kind of expecting at times like the amount of investigative journalism that has now happened around this story i think is really interesting i don't know jared what did you think about it uh i thought it was good um I well no I'll do we'll do a PSA right now. If anyone in the world asks you to l- take out a loan of money, do not do, do that. it immediately, yeah. Just, especially if you're don't dating. Do that. <laughs> don't do not do not get a loan. Um, uh, I thought it was really interesting. I liked how they sort of like they did a really good job of like helping you empathize with these women and what they thought was happening. Which I thought was really interesting, yeah. and you know everything's sort of done with like an asterisk or a bit of hindsight, of course, because this thing has actually happened to them, and they have to deal with it. It is crazy how there is just no legal ramification for this at all. Like, um, spoiler alert: he gets five months in prison. He's already out, yeah. and if you didn't know, he's now more popular than ever. And he's he probably tindering do... and swindling up a storm. Well, he can't do it. He's been banned his, from Tinder. Yeah, and his face is out there, so people know, you know, he could lie and do all that kind of stuff. But he's now so popular from the thing that he's got, like, a, like a, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, like, a brand or, yeah. whatever, I don't know, lifestyle brand, yeah, um, coming out of this dude, which just sucks. It <laughs> like, does. It, I don't know. Just, the world we existing is just sad. I know. But um, is he bad I, from it, like a tin, like a hinge or a bumble? I feel like they. I I would hope so. I would hope that they've all taken note and like his pictures up in all the headquarters yeah. <laughs> on like a piece of but, paper that says like banned. Swindler. But I mean, like he he just needs a friend, and then he can do it all over again, <sighs> yeah. right? Like there's nothing, you, you know. There's there's no way to. Um, but he might just ride this wave and be fine anyway. Which just really sucks. Like, it's just a, you know, and the the end is, you know, like, some of the women, like, get back at him in a few ways that they think is meaningful. But, it's you know, oh, she's still paying off her quarter million dollars yeah. of debt. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, there's, I get that, you know. He didn't have to return any and, of the funds? No. Wow. It's gone. Where's, there's no money, Sean. There's no money. Because of his, his name's not on anything. Borrowing from Peter to pay Paul scenario. Yeah, yeah the Ponzi scheme yeah. of it all. Yeah. Well, and, and what's really interesting is like just in the last couple of days, he he finally spoke out and said that it's all false and that all he was doing was meeting women on Tinder and that he's never done anything illegal. So the audacity of it all is really something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Because how coincidental that all of them... <laughs> Had the same uh, sort of uh, allegation. Yeah, well, exactly, and other. like there are countless receipts. Like it's absurd to say that it's yeah. it's false. And they 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 also like catch him like very blatantly yeah. and like like the so a part of the thing he does is at some point he and his bodyguard get attacked and they're covered with blood and like he'll send this to like one woman and then like three weeks later he'll send it to another woman. Like, the exact same photos, mm-hmm. just showing, like, you know, oh, here's here's what happened. Like, you know, you don't just do that. <laughs> that's not yeah. a that's not a, a thing. Anyway, it's it's crazy. I think, actually, Sonia, now that you kind of mention it, and I think about, like, other versions of these sort of stories, like we... What, what was the one? I think... I keep thinking it's Neutra Boom, but that's the thing from... <laughs> that's the MLM from... Uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah. But, but um, what's what was the show about the the cult? Um, with it, with the branding. Yeah, I feel like this was a much better put together, like explanation of you know mm. like I didn't feel the director's perspective as much, and you know it was just like giving them space to tell their story, which I thought was better. Um, it's a lot more bleak, but it was still like a better representation of 
you know, their their perspectives, I thought. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, maybe cool. I should watch this Tindler Swindler. I think you should, John. It's a wild ride. Yeah, you ride. should check it out. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, and now for something completely different. Um, did I t- did I tell you guys about what the wife of the show and I are doing with the movies, the action movies? Have I talked about this? What, what are you doing publicly? with the action movies? Yeah. So uh, it, it's been revealed over like a decade of discussion and talking that um, my wife has not seen a lot of movies that I think are very good. Uh, and it sort of fixated itself on 90s action uh, movies and, you know, the like. Uh, just because there's a lot of stuff that's really crazy good yeah. that is these were sort your, of also bad. These were the vows at your wedding, right? Yeah, basically. Um, anyway, we're we're now enacting those vows, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, every week, I pick three movies that I explain to Ellen in as vague terms as I can, and then she selects one, and then we watch it. Um, it started with Speed. That was the first one we watched, and it was a resounding hit, because obviously it's incredible. But... The other day we watched a little movie, and it's a movie I would like to talk about today, and it is called Desperado. Have you guys seen this movie? No. no. Um, so Desperado is um, Robert Rodriguez's big sort of break from 95. He had made a short called, El, I'm going to butcher this, El Mariachi. How do you say that word? Mariachi. Thank you. Yeah, both of you did it much better than I. Thank you. Uh, anyway, he he um, uh, he made this independent film. People loved it, including Quentin Tarantino. So then they brought him to make like a full version of it. Uh, the plot is that a man in Mexico has been wronged by another sort of syndicate of bad guys, and he's going bar to bar until he can get until he can get him. And uh, it of course has the the iconic. Um, uh, guitar case just full of guns oh, that he yeah. carries with him and it is just some beautiful ridiculous action that is to be enjoyed by all you guys antonio banderas and selma hayek are the most beautiful people in the world yeah yeah their essence has been captured in this movie and i you you tell me anyone who watches this and doesn't think that they both look incredible the entire time because their skin tone mixed with sunlight creates like, it's literally gold. That's the color of their skin at moments. And uh, it's so good. You guys, it is so good. It is so melodramatic. It is so nineties. And it is, I forgot how much I liked it. I was, I was actually sort of taken aback at how good it is and how well it's held up. Because if you were a fan of bullets just flying everywhere and hitting essentially no one, this is this is the movie for you. And man, when they when they hit, the blood just splatters all over the bar. Oh my god! <laughs> See, Jerry, you you, you pulled me ride. in and then you pushed me back out to sea with that blood comment because I was like, you gotta watch it. If there are bullets flying, that is what I'd prefer that they hit no one. Maybe I'm in. And they're, then you said the blood thing, and then. Yeah. It, it only hits. It only hits bad guys, Sonya. It only. They only hit oh, bad good. guys. Yeah, there. There is a scene where in which uh, Antonio uh, is running around like a circular bar. So it's like it's like a full. It's like an oval, and there are no fewer than fifteen men just bullets, and he is fine. Like he is not hiding behind anything. He is just running around. All those guys get shot to death, and uh, it is awesome. <laughs> It's, Sounds it's awesome. So, it is so good. You guys have to watch it. Uh, and you get to see Quentin Tarantino get shot. So that's a plus too. Well, oh, now really? I'm back in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sonia is just getting whiplash. I am. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys should definitely check it out if you have not. It is well, well worth the watch. I should the get you. I should get you to just send me the list that you made for Ellen. Because I've probably uh, never well, seen any of them either. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, it's a never, it's an ever growing list. And every time like I try and, um, come up with like, there've been ones she didn't like, which is fine, but I try and make a new three each week, which is hard because like three a week things fall oh. off the list. Yeah, we don't like, watch three. A... She picks, she picks one of the three. Oh, oh yeah. okay. But, um, she will like, she keeps like scooting around con air and I don't know why. <laughs> scooting around it. <laughs> 
Scooting around Con Air. I don't. I do not know why. You know, weirdly, anyway, I just watched I'll... Con Air yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. Why, I don't know why that for happened. the first time. No, I've seen it before, but I forgot okay. how like ridiculous it is. Just like yeah, and um, who's oh, oh. big eyes, weird mouth that plays the sort of Hannibal. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is like <laughs> having tea with that red with that like trailer trash like girl. It's so it's so dramatic. It's it's incredibly sad. Yeah. No. Uh, and J- John Malkovich. Gee, I forgot about Malkovich. Oh, John Malkovich is really good. Yeah, that's and a, extremely that's a intense. Yeah, yeah, but he's great. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what else have you been watching? We got five minutes before our break. Oh, sure. Well, why not? Um, I also burned through five seasons of a show called Search Party. Mm, um, and Search Party is so it's about it's kind of hard to explain. The genre shifts every season, basically. But the first season is about a group of friends, and one of the the lead characters played by Alia Shawkat. Um, discovers that a girl that they went to university with, Chantel, has disappeared and is missing. And she a little bit becomes obsessed with it and finding her. And she, mm-hmm. you know, she gets a private investigator and she searches and she just becomes, a, and she drags her friends into it and they're obsessed with finding Chantel. Um, and it's so, all of, every character in it is very unlikable. It's very... <laughs> A uh, it's some sort of it's a big millennial lampoon in a lot of ways. It made me feel very self conscious about these sort of um, like the main characterness of I feel like millennials' lives in a lot of ways. And there's always every season has someone do a scathing diatribe on how terrible millennials are. <laughs> Um, also the show writers are millennials and the actors. So it's pretty self-referential. And as I said, each season changes genre abruptly. You're like, oh, now it's about, now it's a zombie film or like now it is a courtroom drama. It's really ridiculous and funny. Um, yeah. So I definitely suggest it. There's parts that made me very much howl with laughter. The writing is very, very funny. Yeah, I've heard really good things and I've always meant to watch it and I just never have gotten around to it. So maybe this will be my push. It's a good push. Yeah, it's like they just added the fifth and final season. Uh, so then I was like, well, maybe this is the time that I get in here. And this is the, the time. This is the time. The seasons are pretty short. They're like 10 episodes. The, each episode's like 22 minutes. So it's not a huge undertaking, but... I'm the type that can only watch like two episodes in a row of something, so it was a good is a good for me. Mm. Yeah, nice. That sounds pretty good. Um, Sanj, we got a couple minutes. What do you? What do you? What else you got? Yeah, I can do a little a little quickie. Um, let's, let's jump in. Because if you like things with two episodes, Sean, this is the one for you. Because I thought there was a whole season out, and there was only there's two. Only two episodes. And oh. I was very sad. That's and this is a very silly show on Amazon Prime. Called Last One Laughing Canada. Have you guys? Oh my god! How have I seen so many trailers, commercials of this thing? They are pushing this. They are advertising this hard. I think anything Canadian, like because there's all the CanCon requirements, right? That's why it exists. Like they just push it so hard to make sure that you know and that everyone knows that it exists. And what for, did you think so? And a person like me who has so much early exposure to Colin Mockery and Deborah Di Giovanni, <laughs> I was, it really, I was like, oh dear, I Precisely. think I have to watch this. You do. Don't we and all? Don't we all? So the, the premise of the show is that they have, I think it's 10 Canadian comedians locked in this room for like six hours. Uh, Jay Baruchel is the host who just gets to laugh at them all. But basically... Uh, if they have two chances and if any of them laugh they get like a warning and then if they laugh again they're out so they're all trying to make each other laugh and it's like some real icons like some true canadian comedy royalty like you know deborah di giovanni colin mockery um tom green, tom green I is saw. there and he's yeah. so silly um 
Jean Lajoie, which I was like, oh my god, I forgot that you exist. And then Dave Foley is there as kind of like the <laughs> grouchy old man figure. But <clears throat> there is just something like when other people are trying not to laugh, there's something so cathartic about laughing when they can't, you know? And yeah. and just like imagining trying not to laugh in that scenario, I can't even. I I I laughed so much in the first two episodes. I was kind of like, okay, we'll see what this is. But like, it's so silly. It's so silly and it's so fun. Oh my God. <laughs> this like, sounds insane. It is. It's a, is this, it's a Sonya Recommends? It is a Sonya Recommends, especially if you need a pick-me-up. Like I might watch the first two episodes again just to giggle. I oh, feel like we my, need a theme song place. for a Sonya Recommends. <laughs> like, Sonya Recommends. We gotta get one for each of us. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and with that, you guys will take a, a short break and hear some words from some sponsors that uh, we like to hear. Uh, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back. You're listening to Spoiler Alert uh, on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Today, we're talking about what we've been watching. But first, I haven't said this in a long time. Does anyone know what time it is? I literally don't know what time it is, no. Time's a flat circle. Yeah, you're both in a timeless void. It's game time, people! (gasps) There we go, that's what I'm talking about. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend about 10 seconds this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a good laugh. And every once in a while, someone gets some points. Um, Sean and Son, are you guys ready to play the game? Yeah, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. This week's title is Hard Target. That title again, Hard Target. Hard Target. Hard Target. Sean, you got anything? Uh, I miss Target. Same. I was just thinking that. You guys didn't go enough to keep it open, clearly. Yeah. I went I definitely did three times a day. Don't put this real? in my place. What did you get for what at Target? You can get um, everything there. Yeah, you can get everything you can get. I was Clothes, I always felt it was like housewares. Very I always de- thought it was empty nice when we went. Well near the end it was a husk of its former self. <laughs> I remember near the end there was just a wall of like turquoise t shirts. It was like the it only was. thing they had in stock, just all lining a wall. It was. That's, it it that's was bleak, honestly. So you're that saying it was more like Targ? Eh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's what. That's what I would fired. say. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, look out! Um, I'm okay. glad I got that anyway. one in because I have nothing funny to say about the <laughs> title of this movie. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Okay, so this film, I believe, it takes place um, at a corporate business um for hit people they put mm-hmm. out hits it's very it's sort of a very bureaucratic bureaucratic look at um the idea of hitmen and assassinations and there we follow uh, a hitman that is being he's being punished because he doesn't follow the rules he's not a very good hitman and he's being assigned the elusive hard target which is this sort of company-wide mythology this like middle-aged woman who has always evaded whenever they put a hit out for her she always has evaded them and usually the, the hit person winds up dead and <gasps> so then he is being punished to take up the elusive hard target and uh and little does he know when he starts trying to follow her he actually f- starts falling in love with her <gasps> <gasps> So the heart yeah. target was his heart all along. Yes. Whoa. Wow. Ooh, the sh- he's going to shed the shackles around his hard heart. Perhaps. Amazing. That's what I wow. believe. That's really good, John. Um, okay, I think Hard Target is a movie about um, a scientist's preteen daughter going to archery camp okay. and uh-huh. f- trying and failing to achieve the highest heights of, of archery excellence. But while this is happening, um, a group of, I don't know, let's say vaguely Eastern European, uh, I don't know, organized crime men, mercenaries, yeah. crime, are, are trying to kidnap 
our protagonist, because her father has developed some, I don't know, fancy technology that they're trying to get their hands on for nefarious purposes. But Mm -hmm. not unlike Sean's description, just through comedic coincidences and mishaps, they always miss her. Like, they just don't manage to get her. And so it's kind of this simultaneous story of her trying to reach archery excellence and them trying to kidnap her, and it is not working out. I love that. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, you, uh, I'm not going to say that you're both wrong in all ways, shapes, and <gasps> forms. Uh, you don't get any points. But hmm. uh, there are themes that sort of flow through. And I mean, you know, Hard Target, that's the... Um, uh, hard Target is, of course, the... uh got to find out the year. The 1993 John Woo-directed uh, film starring... Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, as he plays, I can't believe his name, i got to look it up every time, Chance Bordeaux is the oh. character's name. Incredible. Uh, yes, the dream. An out-of-work, <laughs> an out-of-work Cajun United States Marine Corps Forces rena- re- Reconnaissance, oh my god, veteran. Anyway, um, Hard Target is about, uh, is about Chance Bordeaux's, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna make it, me laugh every time it's so crazy it's so crazy to say he he and some other people find out that there is sort of a a ring of people who are uh hunting the most dangerous game to put it in a way that uh anyway uh chance himself gets sort of put into this game oh. uh i'll i'll leave i'll leave some de- details out and he Mr. then Bordeaux, becomes no. <laughs> he, he then becomes the hard target as uh um he is evaded by well as he evades these bad guys. Um, I I don't want to say too much about it because it's incredible, but I will say that Jean-Claude Van Damme has the worst hair that I have ever seen in this film. I will pull up a, a still of it for you two to listen. So everyone just Google, do a quick Google of Hard Target, and I will share screen so we can hear the reaction of oh, that, uh, my co-host. Is that what makes him so hard to find? Do you think? Maybe. Maybe. Whoa. That's not where I thought we were going to go. It's a big old, it's a, that is a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. Maybe that's where Billy Ray got the idea, honestly. But somehow, it's like sopping wet. Yeah, I was going to say the gel of it it all. It never dries. It never dries. Um, The wet illusion. uh, uh, It's directed by John Woo. So there is some just really crazy action-y stuff that happens in it. It's insane. Um, and you will see things that your brain could not conceive of. Wow. Uh, when well, you that hair alone, I could barely wrap my head. <laughs> yeah, there you go. yeah, good point, Sean. There you go. Um, you guys, thank you for playing the game. Uh, thank you, this was Jay. fun. I miss, thank you I so much playing for playing the game. Yes. Um, you guys, we're talking about stuff we've been watching. Uh, I would like to bring up a small Nick Cage film. Uh, have either of you seen Gone in 60 Seconds? Have you seen this movie? Oh, no? I did in high school. Uh, as part of Ellen and my watchathon, we watched it the other day. Are you, you punishing you guys, her? What are you doing? To yeah, her? I, I I don't I don't know what's happening because I I always did like this movie and I remember it being a bad movie, and when I watch it now, it's just kind of good, oh, and no. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the uh the the sort of uh tagline of the movie is uh. Nicholas Cage has to help his brother Giovanni Ribisi steal steal fifty cars overnight. I think, yeah, they have to do it in like a twenty-four hour session. Uh, anyway, um, it makes no sense. It's a lot of it seems impossible. They do a lot of really cheesy stuff, and it all works for me. And I don't know if I've just become my dad, or like what, like maybe it's a a nostalgia thing, or whatever but uh it's so good you guys d-roy lindo may be one of my favorite actors right now and going through his black his back catalog it's just so good i don't know what's happening um um sean what are your thoughts do you have any well i'm not sure why why is it called gone in 60 seconds when it should be called gone (laughs) in like 12 hours or whatever the the time limit they're given um I believe, and I'm just looking at the thing here, I think that this is a remake of another movie called Gone in 60 Seconds. 
Um, so our, or, we have to stick with it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh no, it's just a no. It's a it's a movie. Um, I, I think it's just about stealing cars. Like you walk up to the car and then you're gone. Sixty seconds later, is hmm. the idea, right? Like that's how quickly you can take a, a vehicle. Um, you're correct in that there are a lot more things that could be a bit more telling in terms of the name of the film, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. I still think it's pretty good. Um, yeah, you guys, I think Nick Cage is a good actor. I just, we know you're struggling with that idea. I know. I know. We've done it. whole shows on him. We've done whole shows. Yeah. <laughs> it really depends. I, and I, I, I'm coming in hot off of Con Air where he is like, <laughs> He's like, I'm going to sue my baby. <laughs> He's like, got this insane accent, Southern accent. He's got a very Jean-Claude Van Damme-like hair as well. Not a mullet, <laughs> but that is true. quite long. That is true. And, um, yeah, he's just not a very good actor in that. So, <laughs> you know. I'm, but Sean, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, I very much enjoyed myself. <laughs> well, there you go there, there you is go. someone on a plane that needs their insulin which is <laughs> a lot and he, he's trying to not only get the plane to land but also get his friend insulin <laughs> which is crazy those are some high stakes yes yeah it's crazy uh what else have you guys been watching well I could go again. Jonathan. So yep. I am about halfway through a series. Well, they're airing them sort of a few at a time, so there's not a lot of episodes. But it's called Pam and Tommy. It's on oh, Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Oh, no. It's pretty crazy. Oh, oh no? Well, all I so know I'm... about this is that Pam Anderson did not agree to this being made and has strong feelings about some of the way things are portrayed. Really? Yes. All of... Ta- Tam and Tom Palmy. Wow. <laughs> Neither of them approve of the making of it. That is true. Um, It stars Lily James, Sebastian Stan, and Seth Rogen. And it's basically about the, like, how the, like, the mythology of how Pam and Tommy met, like, this kind of, like, you know, episode, how they got married or how they met. And the sort of very infamous sex tape, how it was stolen, how it was how it came out at a very interesting time internet wise when porn, it was like one of the first ways that you could like order that people figured out you could order porn off of the internet, not view it on the internet, but actually just place the order and have it mailed to you, which was very funny. Um, Lily James uh, plays Pamela and she plays her with like a lot of sort of emotion and care. And like much more inner dialogue than I think people ascribe to her normally. And she, I think she does a really good performance. And also the hair and makeup people are somehow wizards, geniuses, warlocks, because she looks so much like her. It's actually insane. They, they both look yeah incredibly similar. Like it is wild. It's very mind boggling. I was, my jaw was dropping sometimes. Like, how does this woman do this? Um, I think there. I think Ryan Murphy. I've talked about this before. I think he is very angry that this didn't fall into his lap because it's very <laughs> like, right. like it. His sort of uh, splashy, sexy, trashy Americana aesthetic, like miniseries vibe. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of that, except that I think probably better storytelling. There is a very insane fever dream scene where Tommy's penis speaks to him. He has a conversation with him and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a puppet and he has a, and it's voiced by Jason Manzoukas and they have a, they have a <laughs> scene where they, both, where they both speak to each other and it's wild. Wow. But I got to say, it's pretty fun. Nice. Uh, you, and you have not yet finished it, Sean? No, I think they've only aired like five episodes. But oh my god! Okay, well I'll watch it once it's out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow, you're <laughs> so annoyed. I had no idea. <sighs> we we I, both hate I, having I, to wait for things. I think. I just uh, 
I don't like um things that don't like that aren't complete. That's oh. the thing. That I you know like like I I want to. I, I honestly, I was even a little bit bugged going into Dune because I knew what was going to happen, and like yeah, just give me the five hour movie. Like I don't care. I just want the whole the whole the whole thing. Interesting. Cool. I don't mind thinking about a thing for a while before I move on. Mm. No, it's not. It's not 2001 anymore, Sean. Okay. Oh, wow. We're not doing that. It's We're done. It will We're be done. next week. I was going to say foreshadowing. <laughs> Whoa. There we go. Sanj, what else have you been watching? Well, you know, a little of this, a little of that, a little of a little program called Love is Blind. No. Oh, <laughs> it got me. I, I kept seeing TikToks you. about it. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? This is what my brain needs right now. Okay, Absolutely. Because I just, I, I'm sure this is exactly what I said last time, but I can't get over the way it's all designed to just be as emotionally manipulative <laughs> to the people involved as possible. And I yeah. shouldn't even laugh, honestly. That's how sinister it is. That they're like, you have a week. And if you want to be on the show and find the love of your life, you better get you to connecting with the other people in these plots. Get to, to the step point in, that lady. One of the couples this time, spoiler alert, proposed after three days. That's that's crazy. Without seeing the other person? Well, they never see them propose, until they propose. You have to propose before you see them. What? Okay, so the premise well, of the show, Jer. Jeremy, what? love is blind. <laughs> it is a social experiment. And when I say experiment, I mean a rigorous scientific endeavor. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. And that part makes me so is mad. Is there a control group? <laughs> no. As someone who is literally a researcher now, this makes me mad. Um, but basically, they have a whole bunch of singles. And they um, break them up into men and women because those are the categories and we all fall neatly into those two categories and yeah. <laughs> basically you you get put into these pods and go on these dates with someone on the other side where you can only talk to them you can't see them and so the way it works is that you can like i think go on dates with whoever you want um so if you like meet someone and they're interesting you can like keep seeing them and then um if you, you know, fall madly in love with someone, which logically you're going to do within a week, um, yeah. <laughs> the man, yeah, that's, that's I think it's happen. always been the man so far, proposes, yeah. and then they get to see each other. And then they have mm -hmm. a month after that, that where they will live together, and then they will maybe get married. Do they have to get, can they call it off at any point? <laughs> they can call it off. A lot of, oh, okay. a lot of people call it off. A lot of people yeah. call it off. I believe... Two couples are married so. from last season. Oh my god. Um, that, that is that is too much. But I will tell you, Sonia, so I also have been watching. Mm -hmm. And um the the sort of the still photo of Love is Blind, like when you go to see it on Netflix, is of a woman in a wedding dress and she's holding hands with an older gentleman, like a 60-year-old man. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I was like, maybe love is, or like, maybe they're doing some, like, maybe they're throwing some real wrenches into this thing. Cause it's always mm -hmm. everyone's age, 25 to 32, everyone is thin and like beautiful and like 95% white. And so yeah. I was like, maybe they're trying to make some big swings here. No, it's actually her father. It's a, it's a photo of her like getting married and him walking her down the aisle. And I was very disappointed in that because I really thought there was something. Well, because oh the God. whole premise of the thing is like, oh, we're making this so deep because people are connecting based on conversation and not the way they look. But, and like this, you can tell that they took in some of the criticism last season about everyone being quote-unquote conventionally attractive and and mostly white and so at first i was like oh this is actually a much more diverse group of people like there were some actual fat people there you know there was more than like three token people of color but then what always happens when they all, yeah when, they when all it's the ones decision. that get together it just so happens to all be thin almost all white people hmm. And wow. it's just like, oh, okay, I see. So that's uh, that's not what this is actually about. But 
there's I don't a, know, man. It just really is funny... so. It's so oh. fascinating, like how how susceptible we are to see things the way we want to see them, and how readily people are able to convince themselves clearly that like they have found someone and created a genuine connection with them. Like that's what I mean when I say it's emotionally manipulative. Is just like I think in in any scenario where you're put in this position where it's like, okay, now be intimate. People are going to experience like, whoa, this is a really intense level of intimacy. I must really have a connection with this person. And it's like, no, or it's a completely contrived situation that's making you feel that way. And there's all this pressure to hook up with someone. And like, there's this competitive element where like, you know, if you like someone and someone else likes them too, you want them to pick you. So it just is like, psychologically, there's a lot there to think about. Oh, yeah, these people are definitely screwed up for a while. Yeah. After that. Uh, I did hear something interesting about this show. I do have to confirm that this is the show I think it is. There's, like, actually a partition yeah. between people, right? So, two things have come out uh, in the, the nerd world of editing. Number oh. one, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they all drink out of gold glasses. They do. Correct? Yes, they do. Yes. Goblet. And, and number two... Um, at no point in time can you actually see the person on the other side because of the way stuff is set up. Uh, anyway, it has come out that they have, they are actually editing. So there are people talking to person A and then they'll shoot it and then edit it for person B. Whoa. Like they are totally constructing at, and then a part of it is with the glasses, you can't see how full or empty so they don't go up and down mm. so they can move things around narratively that's another thing apparently that they've learned to do but um it's it is very constructed and that is some oh sorry yeah, i was gonna say bad. that's very funny that you brought that up because a friend of the show claire mccashin was very disturbed when she saw a woman pouring her hot coffee into the gold goblet mm-hmm. because that seemed to be the only glassware that they were given and i guess that makes Cheers sense because then yeah <laughs> I um, was, it's so funny you bring that up because I was wondering, because even when they, they move into this like apartment complex, like all the ones who are getting together and even in their apartments, they have those gold goblets. And I was like, why are these cups everywhere? Why are they carrying them with them? It's, it's, it's all, it's all an editing, it's all an editing situation. And like, I mean, I don't know. The The question always comes in is like, does anyone think that this is, I'm going to use the word real. I don't know what that means in this context. But a, a lot of the people there just have are there to try and make some money, I have to assume. Yeah. Right? Oh, like yeah. That, I, d- I don't think a soul is watching us being like, this is very sweet and maybe I should try out for it. I think Like they everyone's cuckoo I think I, yeah. There's, no, a I person, think, I think... there's a person named Shane. Sonia, real heads know about Shane. But oh my he God. is like, he looks like, he's like got these Gary Busey like eyes and like teeth. I'll look up Shane. Just he, major teeth. And there's a part where he's like, I don't even care what she looks like. If she came around the corner and she had, she was like missing a tooth or something. Actually, no, no, that's crazy. Like, no, 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 no. That's wild. Like, yeah, that's missing a front tooth thing. was where he drew the line. I'm like, that is very easily, that could happen. A lot of people miss teeth. And, just and like I was him like, sir, like, you have, you have veneers. You know that you could get fake teeth. You, you have, have teeth the size of the gold goblets. Like, yeah, it's very easy for teeth to fall out. Uh, I'm just looking at pictures of these people. And first and foremost, Sean, uh, incredibly astute description in terms of Gary Busey-ness. Yeah. Uh, oh, and when you, see him in, when you see him in action, Jeremy, his eyes are, uh, like, bulging. There's, he, a, there's a still here, which is he doing him in. no justice. He comes in real hot. Uh, I did I- see something on TikTok where they were talking about him spending $2,000 a week on something. And I don't know what that is, but uh, if listeners, if you know what that is, please write in so that like I know what you... creatine or something. Maybe like I don't know. Human growth powder. Something <laughs> I I know we don't we don't diagnose people from TV, and I'm not qualified to do so. But I would be gagged and gooped if Shane does not have undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> like I was like game recognized game man the the manic energy coming off him I was like I see you sir it does not excuse any of your terrible behavior but I see you um, okay you guys we're almost out of time for the show normally we would do what you're watching now but that was what the whole show was about so let's do a very, very. quick wild card 
things that you want to recommend to people to watch, I will start. I'm going to start with a little show called Dragnet. Uh, it is impossible to watch. Luckily, I had a digital video disc, which I could use. Um, I think you can go to the library and get Dragnet. Everyone should watch Dragnet. It's ridiculous and happy. Uh, wife of the show did not like it. Sean, what do you got? Um, today, I went to a matinee at the movie theater, and I saw Parallel Ooh. Mothers, um, which is a, a Maldivar film. Uh Penelope Cruz was just nominated for Best Actress for her work in it. She is very good. Um, I'll probably talk. I'll talk more about it on our Oscars show, which we're having in a couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. um, I just I went with friend of the show Amber PB, and she <laughs> in the theater pulls out of her backpack a big bottle of like a wine bottle, like that you would get water served to you at a restaurant, but full of water, and then. <laughs> A and then a little package of dried dates, and that was where the movie theater <laughs> snacks. And I was like eating a trough of popcorn and was like, "Oh my god!" Anyway, <laughs> so it happens when you take your art friends to the movies. Here you go, yeah, Amber, exactly. Amber on the radio here. Um, my recommendation is uh, on Crave. It's called "How to with John Wilson." Um, it's got a little bit of like Nathan for you vibes and it is executive produced by Nathan Fielder. It's basically just this socially awkward, very sweet filmmaker, John Wilson from New York, making these like video essay slash documentary episodes about these like random things. So the first one is about small talk and it made me feel very seen as a neurodivergent person. And the second one is about scaffolding and like the scaffolding in New York. And it's just, it's really hard to explain, but it's so good. That, that sounds, sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to watch that quite a bit. Um, you guys, that's all the time we have. I'd like to give a shout out to the Garrus for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co hosts, Sean and Son and Shania. Oh my god, I do it every time. <laughs> I do it every every single time. My co host, Pam and Tommy, everyone here at CJTR and to our listeners. Spoiler alert is broadcast live Wednesdays at six PM, rebroadcast Fridays at three, and it's available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We're on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. See you guys next week, and My Electric is coming up next. Bye. Bye.